You're listening to Fear the Nth Cast. I'm JD. I'm Jason. And I'm Josh. Hey! Whoa! He's back. <laughs> uh, we sent Jason on a rescue mission. Yeah. And he looked under every dumpster, and he found him in the seediest dumpster yeah. you've ever seen. And he wasn't well, under it. He, he was, was covered in his own shit. He was in it. <laughs> he was in it just kind of hanging out. It was weird. It, it wasn't seedy until I got into <laughs> it. Uh, just to be... Absolutely clear. We're at the neighborhood. Uh, to be fair, I think I actually made it back before he did. Is that true? So, well, yeah, I did. I, it, I passed him on the highway. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I was here the whole. I took a wrong turn. <laughs> I was here the whole time, but I couldn't find any friends to play with. So, oh, yeah. rather than, rather than doing a solo episode, we decided we'd uh, just wait a week. Uh, yes, you know, solo is not. Not the worst thing that could happen. No. Okay, I attempted it, and it was pretty bad. It's a victimless crime. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think the victims would be the listeners. You could have just used a different mic, so it felt like a stranger. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, we're talking about recording the podcast. Right, right. Oh, okay, right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm ready. You are I'm ready. ready to go. You're ready to go. Uh, we actually had uh, a couple of people uh, uh, send me a note uh, this morning. Oh. They thought... When they saw, uh, now let's clarify here. We're yeah. we're going to talk about two episodes. Right? We are episode three and episode four of season three of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, okay, yeah. So in the fourth episode, the one that just happened, yes, there was the walker that got struck by lightning. Several people mentioned uh, they thought that that was me, <laughs> See, and I didn't think Cameo. I didn't think that at all because I was like, that is two of Josh. <laughs> that yeah, that guy's way too big. And certainly more handsome than I mean, Josh. He, he's got a foot and a half height and at least 150 pounds on you. Right. I mean, he was like two of you. At least. At least. But that was a pretty cool scene. But we'll get to that. We will. So, you... Okay. Uh, I feel like I need to make some clarifications. I've been... Oh, uh, no. Disclaimers? Already? Uh, it has been a whirlwind in my world. And uh, you may or may not know. I know you guys know that uh, we've been trying to put the house on the market and just school, winding down and work and just all kinds of things happening at once. Uh, that's why I crawled under the dumpster. I was trying to run away. Um, <laughs> right. But I have to be completely honest and transparent with everyone I have still not caught up. I have not. I've watched the fourth episode, but I did not watch episodes one through three. And I have just not had a chance to get caught up yet. So I'm going to be very quiet through okay. most of this conversation. Until we get to him. Episode. No, that's fine. So you're going to be Steven of the podcast. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Probably. I'm going to bring no value. I'm going to, I'm going to talk and I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but no, I'm not going to bring but, any value. But you won't actually know what you're talking about. That's correct. Right. Cool. But I actually, I actually do think that there, that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to episode four, one hundred. Right. And I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit when we get to that. And so, <laughs> um, I guess proceed. Proceed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, episode three, right? Tio Twaki. Tio Twaki. That's. Uh, I think that's probably the worst name of any episode that there's ever been on the Pins. show because it's 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 about doomsday prepping and I don't know how you feel about doomsday preppers but I, was, I thought it was pretty cool that they at least brought that to light because <laughs> it's clearly something that happens. Wait, don't you have a bag? A bug out? I, I you you have a bag here somewhere. Where do you You're keep ready. it? I have three, so three, because I have three people that could carry one, and then we all have a, a location where we're going to meet. It's fine. Um, I haven't informed you guys, because I haven't yet figured out if you'd be Because he knows we'll be the scavengers. <laughs> I haven't figured out if y'all would be worth having. Where he keeps all of his things. I don't need them coming and taking my stuff. <laughs> Post Teotwaki. So, okay, we're, we start off on the Broken Jaw Ranch, and I'm not sure yet how we feel about the characters on the Broken Jaw Ranch. We've got Jeremiah, the father, and then he's got two sons who you might say are polar opposites. There's sure. Troy and whatever the other dude's name different is. Different mothers. Yeah, different mothers. And so Madison is still not really feeling this whole thing, and Nick and Alicia are taking more convincing as well. So Madison's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to Jeremiah and get 
a little bit of information, uh, a little bit of a reassurance because we're outsiders here. Even though not all these people started off here on the Broken Jaw Ranch, we are the latest people to come here. We've caused the death of some people, even though it wasn't our fault because they were coming back anyway and we certainly didn't have anything to do with them dying. But this might be an issue for us. So I want to talk to Jeremiah and get some reassurances. Yeah. What did you think of his response to her? Was it me or did Jeremiah just like flip a switch on being an asshole this episode compared to like who he was when we first met him? Because I just feel like when we first met him, he was there and he was taking care of them in a way. And, you know, almost, you know, compared to what we're used to seeing as far as The Walking Dead and Fear, The Walking Dead goes, he was pretty hospitable. Sure. You know, with having this, this whole facility that you know he has that has food and shelter and they have you know weapons and stuff like that but i don't know whenever he went and talked to her this time it seemed like he was a little more guarded like all right you're here now um let me tell you what i really think well and i think also that has to do with madison and who she is she's really How she presents herself yeah she's yeah. really good at at putting people off guard and making you think that you know, she, they were all nice and the niceties were happening at first, but as they're starting to understand each other, Jeremiah was like, I can see why people maybe don't like you. And Madison's like, yeah, that's fair. Um, it's hard for Is it pe- the RBF. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hard for people to like me. And I'm okay with that because I am here to, to look out for me and my family. And I don't know you well enough yet to not, you know, have some distrust yeah. towards you. And, what? I just think, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I think what I was trying to say is I don't think that she was really that nice when she first met Jeremiah. She was kind of a bitch and really mm-hmm. ungrateful. And so now her tone has kind of changed because she's trying to use these people to get what she wants. Um, well, and I so, think Jeremiah recognizes that the working together that's what he says in his videos here in a minute. Right. Working together is how we're going to survive. Yeah. We have to be prepared. We need a bucket of survivability, and then we also need people, and that's yeah. how we're going to survive. Oh, and his people hate freeloaders, people well, who are not preppers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, do you think all of them were preppers, or do you think they just stumbled upon the right. ranch? Uh, I think the way it, they made it look was that a lot of them were preppers, and they had prepared, and a lot of them had put their resources into that ranch, mm-hmm. you know, as far as food and, you know, weapons and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that a lot of them were preppers. And so whenever they, maybe they have a couple people who have already come in, but yeah, it's got to be hard to have somebody come in and be like, okay, use my resources that I worked really hard to save up. Well, and that's what they said at the funeral. And that was a line that struck me. They're like, she didn't die because other people are mean and are trying to pick on us or whatever. She passed away because people aren't prepared and them not being prepared is the cause of her death. Ultimately, because if they had been ready, we wouldn't have had to rescue them. We wouldn't have had to save them. We could have got back here on time. And since they weren't ready for the end of the world that everybody knew was coming because look at the signs, the signs are everywhere. (laughs) The signs are everywhere. Everybody knows. Yeah. And so it, there's a little bit of hostility that everybody has towards Madison and Nick and Alicia. And I think that is maybe their biggest concern. Yeah. It's like, how can oh, we yeah. convince these people who aren't in charge, who aren't worthwhile, who are just on the same page as me, basically? They didn't, this isn't their ranch. This isn't their facility. This isn't their, you know, supplies that they've prepared. They're not any better than me. So why do I feel nervous around? Well, and that's why Madison kind of changed her character at at the funeral, which she doesn't have like a southern draw at all. No, but then she did. Oh, she did. She and (laughs) my immediate thought was like, you've already talked to people in that funeral. (laughs) With your other voice, like, who are you fooling right now by changing your accent? Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Funeral. There's a funeral for... Um... Hey, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I'm sitting here. It's like I'm yeah. listening to the podcast, but I keep I keep hitting the button to skip 30 seconds ahead, and it's not working. <laughs> oh, Son of a bitch. Damn it. Well, uh, <laughs> there's a funeral for the, the helicopter pilot that they lost on the oh, flight back. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's... I forget her name, but everybody okay. who's listening. Has, so nobody important died. Got it. No, right. she's no, not. No. She's there for a whole two, two and a half episodes. Yeah. It's okay. one, one of those throw. It wasn't characters. for Travis. No. 
Travis. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. would there be a funeral for Travis? <laughs> exactly. They so, don't care okay. about Travis. But okay. Madison makes a point at the funeral, like, we've lost people too, like Travis. Travis was... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait Travis was, she was like, person. we've lost Wait a minute, I feel too. like I've missed something. I feel like I've missed something. <laughs> oh, well, you haven't seen the first three episodes. No, I haven't Are seen Are you them. not aware that Travis has I died? I... What? <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, he got... No. He, he Really? He, yes, Ooh. really. He really did. He he took it. He took a bullet through the neck while they were flying in a yeah. helicopter. Uh, and uh, I don't fell right out of it. I feel like I need to sit down. <laughs> okay, are you? This are feels you unexpected. This okay. feels uh-huh. unexpected. Okay, this feels like something I didn't predict last season. <laughs> I know. Well, let's get your opinion. How did you feel about Travis's death? Uh, How do you feel about it? Without having watched it, I, I don't. But you knew it was going to happen. Uh, I feel like. If I remember correctly, I remember him being on like top of my death watch just because because of the three Avatar sequels I, I, he got signed on for. <laughs> uh, actually, it's four. I think he got signed for all four. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, but those aren't releasing until like. Are they all going to come out ten from years from yeah, each pretty, other? Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. I, I don't think, I don't think the next one's coming out for like a couple of years. So they really didn't. I don't know. They're filming it now. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. Just it was a gut feeling because. Just based on his arc, got kind of weird, and it's like I don't know if they knew what to do with him anymore. It's like you're Mamby Pamby, now you're not, and then wishy washy, and I don't know. I felt like I felt like maybe he would become. I don't. I, I don't know. I felt he felt like he was on the list because they knew they needed to do something drastic. Right. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's that's how all that went. Well, out. Madison's character was much more defined. As as the leader, yeah, and his was like sometimes I don't know, but I think Travis, especially in the first two episodes, had really become the character that everybody wanted him to sure. be. Because okay. when they they threw him in a pit with walkers, and he went ham, he went ham, and it was like Glenn with the chair when they put him and tied him to a chair and said, "All right, kill this dude." It was like that. He was murdering him with cinder blocks and rebar and just doing whatever he, he needed. Killed to do. all of them and almost didn't get bit. <laughs> yeah, it was, got it. It was super got close, it. super close. And then he had still had the strength to throw that uh, cinder block at Troy. I'm not accurately, yeah. but at least it was it was a, an attempt. He conveyed his point. Hmm. Yeah, I'm mad at you. Okay. Well, so after the funeral, Josh, okay, uh, Troy sneaks into Madison and Nick and Alicia. Troy is Jeremiah, the ranch owner's son, the crazy son. If you haven't met him yet. And I don't even think you see him at all in episode four. Yeah. But him in the first two episodes, he is finding like sick or colored people, which I don't know how a better way to say that. I'm sorry. I don't mean it in a racist way. But he was the racist. <laughs> and he's like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the people that aren't going to be of value to us. Yeah. And we're going to kill them, see how long it takes them to turn. And we're doing it for science. Right. And so he's basically murdering innocent people. To, to shoot him in the in the gut or the heart and right. wait for him to turn. So he's weighing them, getting their age and all that <laughs> stuff to try and figure out how long it takes for people to turn. It's it's the it's the twentieth century all over again. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But My Alicia goodness. and Nick and Madison have all seen that, and they know the truth about who he is. Mm. Most of the people on the ranch don't know because they don't go out with Troy. Troy's little inner circle and Troy's older brother know who he is. Yeah. And so do Madison, Nick, and Alicia, which causes some tension because they're like, I don't know if we want to be on this ranch with crazy pants here, but where else can we go? Oh, so this that okay, so this ended up being these people as opposed to a well, like an actual government militia type, right? What uh, we were led to believe at the end of season two, right? They, they just uh, they were on the military gotcha. base yeah. to collect supplies yeah. gotcha, and gotcha. as kind of a rendezvous point for all the groups before they went back to the ranch. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. but they, they were, were just in fatigue, patrol or anything. They were in fatigues because they're preppers, and you know, mm-hmm. zombies can't see you if you're camouflaged, right? With actual camo. Oh sure. well, walkers are colorblind. Exactly, right. that's a well known. It's fact. like deer. Yeah, I want to go back a couple steps because it'll lead into the conversation that they have okay. in the room. But did you feel like, you know, I, I kind of joked about her accent and stuff, but do you feel like that fooled anybody? Yes. To me, it was like reminiscent to the way Carol acted whenever she got into um, Alexandria 
and mm-hmm. was immediately like, oh, I don't know how to do things. I'm just, you know, a pitiful woman. Well, I think it, you can disarm people if they think that you're not capable. Sure. They're like, oh, this poor, this poor yeah. young lady, old lady can't help herself. So, I, oh, we gotta have yeah. some pity for her. I see the point, but I'm I'm wondering if like it if it sold the same way because it didn't feel the same way. It didn't feel like prepared. It felt like all of a sudden in the funeral she decided, oh, oh yeah, I can do this. Sound pitiful, and you know maybe get some sympathy from these people. I think she and was, he and Troy calls her out on that. Well, I think she's forced into that because what they start saying in the eulogy is stuff like you man Googly? people people that don't that don't prep, <laughs> people that aren't prepared for this, people that come in here and take our hard-earned whatever are useless to us and and there's three of them right there. It's right. basically what they're saying. Yeah. And so she says, yeah, we've lost two. We've been through some things. We really appreciate y'all taking us in. We are going to contribute and be valuable members of the society that you've built here. Yeah. Thank you for helping us. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah. I guess I just found myself like, I was literally just looking around whenever that scene happened. I was like, did she have that accent the whole time? <laughs> like, what is happening? It, it felt so out of nowhere. That's funny. So Troy goes in their cabin and she's laying in one of the beds. He's laying in one of the beds, and he's like, that was a good speech, really solid, really right. convincing, um, but you and I know better. You and I know that that's, that's not cool, and that, and that you know you have more work to do, so I appreciate it, And but still. Right. Uh, Josh, she put a spoon in his eye. Oh. Tried to pluck it out. You know, tried to melon ball it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but they're little... I don't know. I don't, they're kind of trying to assert dominance over each other. Troy's trying to show that, hey, I'm in charge here. And Madison's like, oh, child, you you forget things. And he asks, what were you outside of the, uh, before all this happened? Oh, I was a high school guidance counselor. <laughs> and Troy's like, oh, oh, I didn't go to school because uh, socially I'm a little... Because it's the devil. Right. Socially, I'm an ex. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm a little crazy. They wouldn't let me around people. So I've lived on this ranch for a long time, even before the end of everything, because uh, I couldn't be around people. So he's right. a homeschool freak. Basically. Right. I don't Ugh. think he went to homeschool. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, homeschoolers are the best. And Madison's <laughs> penis is larger, clearly. Uh, yeah. yeah she. Yeah. And so when he gets up to leave, Madison says to him, and this was funny, he, she says, Troy... Uh, that bed was made before you got in it. <laughs> she made him come back and make the bed. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, oh. he And he, he he understands it. And I think he's like, okay, Madison, I was right to want her on our team because she's mm. pretty capable. You think she's trying to be the mom he never had? No, I think she's trying to show that she's not going to put up with his bullshit because she can see through him. I mean, yeah. she's had Nick. Her whole life, she knows what it's like right. to have a troubled youth right. mm-hmm. and someone that you can't really trust. And you know, you don't know when you're going to get a phone call saying, "Hey, come pick him up. Uh, we need you to identify the body." He's at the <laughs> morgue. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see them interact. And then, what do we want to go next? Do you want to talk about Alicia or Nick next? What do you think would be more apropos? Dude, the Alicia thing with the Bible study. Okay, so Alicia gets invited to. There's other youths on the ranch. Youths, youths. if you will. What the and, hell's a youth? <laughs> youths. <laughs> and so they're in line at at lunch, and someone looks at Alicia and Madison, goes freeloaders, and Madison's mm. like, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" <laughs> mm, I said you're a freeloader, <laughs> and, and of course the dude's a coward and backs down. But then there's next to him is another youth girl who's like, hi, Alicia, we want to invite you to our Bible study. We have a Bible study every whatever night, and we uh, do this and this, and we want you to come. There's be praise and worship music, and we'll talk about Jesus and read the Bible. And Alicia's like, oh, my God, no. Um, we're Jewish. Yeah, we're Jewish. <laughs> and, the, and the girl goes, that's fine. We'll just do the Old Testament. It'll be great. Because so, that's how that works. So Madison encourages yeah, everything her. in the butt's okay. <laughs> as long as we didn't do it in the front, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? As long as we're not in the front, yeah, yeah, technically, oh you know, the Madonna sure. song is still still good. Right. So Madison encourages her to do it because you need to make friends. We're we're planning on being here for at least yeah, a little while. What's it gonna hurt? Might as well connect. Right. And so they go. She meets up with the youths. 
And they go to their Bible study, and it's this weird little bunker that they go down the hallway to, and then there's these dirty... Imagine that. It's a sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, dirty couches, <laughs> uh, dirty mattresses, a panel van is there, too. It's just kind of weird. And David Koresh shows up. Right. And so they've got, <laughs> they've got bottles of moonshine... In like feed barrels, they of course got a bong and they weed. fashioned a bong out of PVC <laughs> and some sort of battery chargers. I, I don't know shit. if you should go on. This is this is too real for me. Right? <laughs> I know it's like whoa, whoa! I'm 16 all over again. 16. Who? Yeah, too I'm, real. I'm 28 real. all over again. Right. <laughs> and so they sit and talk, and they get high. They all take hits. They all take shots. And Alicia's like, <laughs> "This is I'm awesome." Having a great time. I'm so glad that I joined your Bible study. Mm. Well, then they bust out. What was that dude's name? Jeff. Jeff. They bust out Jeff because earlier she was like, "Oh yeah," and you'll get to meet Jeff. It was just a uh, walker's head in a bird cage, and and then she weirdly just had Jeff's head on the table. Which, whatever. But they asked Jeff, she would like Stick ask. Stick your finger in his would, mouth. He's cool. <laughs> we she, made a bong out of Jeff's head. <laughs> so they, she, they would ask Jeff questions. Mm, Jeff wants to know how you got here or how you did this or what. Is he a magic eight ball? Right. right, right. (laughs) Right. Shake him. Turn him over. See what happens. What was good about the scene, though, is that it really lets you understand that most of these people on the ranch have not ever done anything. It's like Alexandria. Mm. They've been protected from the outside world, from the terror that's out there. And so they don't know anything about it. And so that's what I thought the scene was really good. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is not... These are not people that are going to help you. If a if a huge herd comes by, y'all are all going to die because you don't know shit about what's happening in the world. Right. Well, but they sound like they're maybe a little more dangerous because they're equipped with but, the, with, with implementation sure. of destruction as opposed to Alexandria where they just don't know their ass from hole in the ground. Yeah, like, but being equipped doesn't make you prepared. Well, like, no, no, I you, understand. You but, can have the nicest rifle, but if you can't hit someone with it, you're gonna. It's useless. Oh no, it's, it's better as yeah. a club. Oh no, I understand, but I think I guess my point would be: it sounds like that they're more dangerous than the Alexandrians would be because they think they know what they're doing. Sure, and they have firepower, and they think sure. they know how to use. Well, it. well, even even those those youths. Um, Admitted that they were (laughs) that they were not, you know, capable of protecting themselves or capable of doing anything because they ever since they've grown up they've had the soldiers or the people who go out and you know collect things or shoot people in the gut and wait to see how long they change into walkers like those people protect them and they've only ever stayed inside the fence. So so. these youths represent. Millennials, right? Oh, sure. Is what you're saying. Well, yeah. and then and that's what I'm hearing. And then Alicia, <laughs> exactly. You know, Alicia's really been struggling. She, it's like she's lost, and she she doesn't know. Oh, that's why she needs to go to the Bible. Exactly. Study. But <laughs> she admits to them that, they, like, what's the worst thing that you've done out there? She says, "I killed a guy. Mm, I killed a man." Mm. And they said, and they asked, "How did that feel?" And Alicia's response wasn't like awful. It felt like flesh or like stabbing a ham. She goes, "It, it was easy." <laughs> and, and when she said that, I was like, "Oh shit, that's really dark." I mean, that's completely dark. Like I've, I feel bad for her, but I think that's also maybe, cool. maybe good for her, considering yeah. her current situation. Well, good and bad. I mean, if anyone who's watched Tombstone, when you take a man's life, right. you don't ever want to know how that feels, right. boy. I didn't yeah. didn't even make a dent. Didn't make no, a dent. No. Okay, it, so you should feel something, right? It shouldn't be abstract like Well, that. easy. You know, no, you know. easy's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Nick gets volunteered to go night hunting with Troy. Ooh. Snipe hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to hunt. Meet us at the ninth hole green <laughs> yes. at we're, 1030. Wear something nice. Yes. Wear something nice. <laughs> no, there's boars that are breaking through the cabbage field and eating all the cabbages. And so instead of having to fix the fence every day, let's just go kill the boar. Agreed. Yeah. They are nocturnal. And so they rope Nick into going on a night hunt. Mm-hmm. And Troy does not like Nick. Not at all. He he just can't trust Which him. Which is weird. 
because uh, Troy is a super trustworthy guy. Well, so far, Troy and Nick, <laughs> but Nick's a druggie. Troy and Nick, I, I think, like are two peas in a pod. Mm. And I think if they had known each other before this, like if they had just met at a random crack house, they'd have been besties. You know, right. I really think they would have. But at, at this of, point, they're like, there's only room for one of us. Yeah, I mean, some of my best friendships have come. From a crack house, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I prefer the boiling bro- up the Turkish bathhouse to meet my friends, but oh. whatever. Oh, wow. So Nick is going on the hunt, and he knows it's so supple. I know. It's I like, go to Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So he, uh, Troy, kind of hangs behind. He gives Nick a gun, but he knows that Nick is aware that what Troy's up to. And Troy's aware of what Nick is up to. So it's yeah. kind of like, a who, who's going to blink first? Mm-hmm. So Nick goes around the corner and he's hiding. And Troy's like, oh, I when got you now. Kiss? I got you now. <laughs> and when he goes around the corner, Nick jumps on top of him, gets him pinned. I like where this is going. Yeah. Gets him pinned and holds, exactly. holds a gun to his head. And mm. Troy's like, okay, go ahead, do Metaphorical. it. Metaphorical. <laughs> but if you do it, if you shoot me and kill me, I want you to time how long it takes me yeah. to turn. Because For I science. think it'll be 42 minutes or whatever, based He's on my age. 48, yeah, 48 oh, minutes. Always blah, gambling. Blah, blah. Always gambling. Well, he said based on my age and my body mass and yeah. stuff like that. 48 minutes. So write it down. And Nick's like, okay. And he takes the gun, cocks it back, pulls the trigger, but he shoots him right next to the head. Just to kind of freak him out. Steve will pee his pants a little bit, I think is what he was doing there. Mm. And I think he's illustrating to Troy, like, I'm as crazy as you are, dude. Cool. Like, you think, you think you're the only one that's crazy? No, no, no. And then he takes Troy's little notebook where he wrote everything down, and he starts tearing pages out. And just laughing like a little schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> it was the creepiest laugh. He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that's what you felt during the show, <laughs> but he exactly kept doing it. Felt. Stop it! Stop that right that's, now! No, don't do that. Yeah, don't. And never, <laughs> never triangle face. And so Troy gets the notebook back, and then they're both laying on the ground laughing. <laughs> yeah, then they're both doing it, and then Troy looks at him and he goes. I think we can be friends now. Now kiss. I like you. <laughs> yeah. You sure do got a pretty mouth. You got a pretty mouth. Pretty mouth. Squeal like a pig. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was weird. Like, uh, I think it's good that Nick he did, and Troy. He did say, like, I think we're going to be good friends. Yeah, I think I can mm-hmm. trust you now and we can be friends. And it was like, Madison had told Nick and Alicia to get thrown in to make friends. But I, I don't know if that's who you want to be friends with. You know, he, you, why do you, two crazy dudes that you can't trust that are gonna that have been known to go off on their own and have crazy ideas that can hurt other people? It's maybe not the best pairing. Here's the thing: I started thinking about this after the episode, and I think they're making the right move if their goal is to kind of take over or you know make that place their home. Make friends with crazy, sure, the oh, craziest yeah. motherfucker in there. Oh yeah, and yeah. get him on your side. And then the one who's like always the voice of reason, if you're friends with him, who's going to kill that guy? Crazy. Crazy. So you got to have one I of each of them. The right you got to have the crazy, you got to have the reasonable, and you got to have the leader. Because right. Madison, after she talks to Jeremiah, he's like, show her the videos. And she has to watch the cheesiest 80s video about Tear Twaki, about how you got to be prepared, you got to do this, learn how to do this. If you buy my four part video series, you will be prepared for the end of the world, and I'll throw in a complimentary doomsday prepper bucket with this, 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 and this. But was he really selling? Yeah, the video was hilarious. Yeah, that's that's how he <laughs> at made one his point. Living. At one point, one of his sons walks up to him with one of those uh, airplanes with the rubber band where you would twist the propeller. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the, he hands it to him, and he's like, wood. like it's broken, and he grabs it, and he. Just turns it a little bit. And he's like, "There you go." <laughs> to be <laughs> fixed it for yeah, you. He's like, "To be ready, you don't you don't want to throw things away. You want to learn how to fix things." <laughs> but like balsa wood planes, exactly. Right. But afterwards, she sees like the outtakes because it's it's the original videos, and he is a oh, yeah. terrible, terrible human being. He's he's talking shit to his kids, yelling at him, yelling at his second wife, saying like. Whatever you do, what I say, put his hands on her, and was grabbing her. Is like you don't want to, you don't want to do this or whatever you say you want to do. You just want to go get a drink because you're an alcoholic, and look at what you're doing to our children and ruining our family. And of but course, he was he, one too. And of course, he walks in while she's watching that, and he says, "It's not my proudest moment." 
Yeah. Um, uh, she liked to drink and I like to drink too. And, uh, I missed out on a lot of my kids' youth because I was selling these damn buckets. But I'm hoping now that all of the stuff that I did to prepare for the future gives us a second chance. And that's what this place is, Mm. is us starting over, Mm. getting the second chance to rebuild the world the way that we think it should be. And he sees it as a chance for redemption for him, especially with his sons and all the mistakes that he's made in the past. So he didn't try to cover up the fact that he was a D-bag. No, oh, not at all. He owned okay. it. Awesome. He, which, which I appreciated. That's and then cool. he showed Madison. He's like, let me show you something. And he showed her. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> he showed now her, I'm available again. He showed Curve her what he, <laughs> what he called the pantry. And it is this ginormous underground bunker full of groceries, guns, ammunition, water. I mean, pretty much everything that you would need. And it, it's hmm. its a huge room. I, I don't even want to guess how big it was, but it, w- it looked like it went on for a long, long way. And I think if I've learned anything from The Walking Dead, it'll catch on fire. Oh, <laughs> all sure. of it will be gone. Daniel will burn it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it was there to convince Madison, like, hey, this is where you need to be. We are ready. Yeah. If you are on our side... And you want to help me rebuild this world together? I'm in. Yeah. So I, Which, yeah, I, I have a question. Shoot. So how is this? Uh, is there anything about this that feels different or made a conscious effort to differentiate itself from what we're used to seeing from The Walking Dead every time they meet a new group? Because let's be honest, in in The Walking Dead, it seems to be kind of the same thing over and over and over. It's like again. a formula. Yeah. yeah. Did, it did, 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 was this because the way you're describing it, it sounds like it's different. Uh, it it uh, feels a little different. I don't know why. I think it may, I, don't, I think it's more than the characters. I think it's just that it's so much earlier in hmm. the timeline. I don't know, but it does feel yeah. different. It feels like they're doing a good job of setting themselves apart. And we haven't even talked about Strand. Yeah. Um, so, I, well, to go back to that, I would think it does have some of the same like nuances okay. of what we're used to seeing because sure. it's always, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like a lot of times the formula is you meet him, you don't like him at first, and then you see something, at least with positive groups, you see a little bit of something, but they're still guarded, and then over time you start to like build a relationship with these people, and that's essentially what's happening, Okay, but... The one like wild card they have is Troy and the fact that he's crazy. And so you never like to me, that's just what I feel Hmm. like. I never know what he's fully thinking or like what he's fully planning. And so I think that is kind of the wild card. And Troy's dad, he's like, I know what he is. Just like you know what Nick is, I know what he is, but I'm not going to just throw him out and say that he has no value because he's my son. How could I possibly do that? So there's some parallels there between sure. yeah. the father, the, that son, and then Madison and Nick. Yeah. And, yeah. Just, and I okay. think another thing that feels different about this is when in Walking Dead, it's usually a large group of people who are super capable, who've sure. been through some shit before. When they join a group, they're like, okay, look at these guys. This is going to be easy. Mm. But in this situation, Madison, Alicia, Nick are kind of like, uh, we really need to stay here. And we need to do what it takes to make them think that we're cool. But we're not going to c- take over by force or show them that we're the biggest badasses around. Because we- we're not. There's more of them. They're prepared. We need to kind of tread like But them. Madison had that cockiness in the second episode. She had that like... You know we're we're gonna make this place our home, no matter what we have to do. And well, yeah, that was a lot of the same, you know, tone we heard from Rick whenever they got to Alexandria. Yeah, but she's planning on using her feminine yeah. wiles instead sure. of her sure. ginormous member, her, her blood force. Yeah. So yeah. so strand yeah, some parallels, <laughs> but still different. Yeah, yeah. Strand, what he did after he got kicked out of the hotel, Strand was stayed at the hotel. You know. Mm-hmm. But he got kicked out by the group because he lied to people coming in saying he was a doctor. <laughs> but, he, but he did that because they were going to take over the hotel and murder everybody because they saw the light come on and like, okay, there's water and resources here. Right. So he lied. He saved some people, stitched some people up, delivered a baby. Then they threw him out. And so he's like, wait, wait, wait. I remember someone that I know here and its name is Dante. And Dante was one of his friends that we saw um, in one of the old episodes with Thomas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of their mutual business relationship people. So he goes to Dante and he's like, Dante, come on, man. I can help you. You know who I am. I just came here to show you how I can be of service and I can talk to you and talk for you and basically be a really, really valuable member of your team. And Dante's like, I don't know what on earth possessed you to think that we were friends before this because you're the worst human being I've ever met. You All you do is lie. You lied yeah. to Thomas. I hope he didn't die thinking that you loved him because we all know that that's bullshit. And he's like, so I don't know why you came here, but you're no longer of value to me and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. But Strand, being the talker that he is, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How about this? You are distributing your water because he he has the he's got the dam, the, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This which, is the same guy in episode. Yes, correct. Yeah, and cool. so he strands like you are giving out your product at the source. That's such a terrible idea. You need to distribute far away, like drug pushers. You don't you don't sell drugs where your stash is. Right. You send out little bits at a time, and you sell it there, and then you make more money because water is the currency now, and you've got all the currency. So go get what you need, but don't have people coming here. It's just bad business. And Dante is like, okay, I gu- I guess I guess that's right. Uh, I'll give you a chance to live and see if you can be of value. So he throws him in a cell. And the person that comes and brings um, him some water is a blast from the past that we weren't expecting. And cut. And then <laughs> now Josh can talk. Uh, <laughs> keeping it 100. That's right. what we're going to do now. Um, oh, gosh, I didn't know. He's out of the oh, like, We pulled Josh out of the room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so awful. I didn't know where to put my hands. I, just, I didn't know. <laughs> it's weird. It's, uh, it's like it's uh, like talking when you don't have a podium. You know, like I'm going right. to give a speech, but I don't have a podium. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I would say uh, I just want to get this straight out of the way. That first of all, uh, I do. You know, you, you guys made it sound interesting enough. Like you know, when I get a chance, I'll go back and watch the, oh, the, the first three episodes. <laughs> but but what I was going to say about 100 is I kind of feel like if the season started with that episode wasn't a bad episode to start with. I almost felt like, you know, hey. I think it's the best episode of the season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Because, oh, wait, do we want to do, do we want to do the, no. Okay. We're too far in. We're too far in. Yeah, you already know. We'll we'll save that. What he's he's talking about is what Jason thinks that Josh thought about the episode. And if you can't already tell, I I thought it was great. Right. Uh, and, And the reasons I thought it was great is because I feel, I've always felt like Daniel was one of the more compelling characters of the show, and yeah. here we get another. He has so, a better arc. He has a way yeah. better arc. He's got a better history. Yeah, he his history way, makes him very compelling character. He is the most unique character in the Walking Dead universe, and what I mean by that is he is the only character in the Walking Dead universe that was a completely horrible, uh, just uh, human being that. Yeah was trying to get better and now that this has happened that's kind of put that on the back burner and his he's got to be horrible he's got to be horrible again and so it's like that's super compelling to me um, yeah. and i don't think there 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 really can't be any argument that he is he is the worst absolutely uh, certainly the most evil cold blooded oh, yeah, calculated yeah. heartless he has no soul anymore i, yeah. I mean they didn't what I liked about it is like, okay, why are they calling this episode 100? And then it became re- apparent, uh, abundantly clear as soon as uh, uh, Ephraim, Ephraim uh, yeah. asked him how many people he killed. And uh, he said 96. I said, well, he's about to kill four more. Four, four <laughs> yeah. more mofos about to get killed in this episode. Right. And sure enough. Uh, but. Dude, that that is more, and those are humans. The yeah. cold open for this episode with him pulling himself out of that fire. Oh yeah, and then dragging oh, yeah. that nasty, burned, infested leg around Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got to find, I've got to find my daughter. Where is she? Oh, dude, I was like, this guy, this guy is serious right now. Yeah. I, I will also say that I feel like this episode more than any episode of fear the walking dead is like they drove a stake in the ground and said, this, this is what makes us different. This is what makes fear the walking dead different than the walking dead. And I think Mm -hmm. they nailed it. And I'm not saying, what do you think it is that that set it apart? 
Well, because of I, I would argue that it's Daniel and his arc. Yeah, and I would also argue that they creatively uh, chose to do what is it ninety eight ninety nine percent of the episode in Spanish and which you yeah. work for yeah. which worked well. I thought that was brilliant because I think it added to the tone and the oh, feel yeah. of this episode because absolutely it's like when you watch. Uh, a foreign film, you know, it, the tone with the language and being in a different language and you have to read and you're like, I don't really understand and I'm trying to, but I feel like I'm missing some of the nuances. So I need to watch harder That's and right. try harder That's right. to make sure that I catch the faces and read and back and forth. Yeah. It's just a more intense and interactive watching. I felt like I was in Tijuana. <laughs> Hell yeah. During a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I really did because of the way that it was shot, because of they they chose to immerse us in the language and the culture. I felt like again they they nailed they 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 basically said, "Look, this this is why we're different." And why they're different is because they've got a I can't call him a hero, what? but you can call him an anti-hero now. Well, yeah. Someone that a, you've never had to root for before. No, and you're rooting for a a a mass murderer. A yeah. mass murderer. They make me care about the 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 character arc of a mass murderer. Yeah. And I really do. I care because I I believe that he because there was a very tender moment. I mean, we saw okay. Let me just take a step back. I loved the fact that he had to get his legs scraped. Yeah. Oh, God. and the parallel between that what, was brutal. That was brutal, and but it was also a great parallel to what he, he did. Yeah. had yeah. done to others, yeah. even in season one, one. right? Uh, when he did that to the the soldier, the, the, the soldier and just flaying him. And so the parallel, hey, now this is happening to you and this, you know, and he know and and, and and just him laying there and he's like, you you see the look on his face, he's like, I I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. I know what has to happen. And they tell him like, Don't scream. Yeah. Don't do it. Oh, oh yeah, that reminded me that brought back memories of saving private Ryan, right? right. The the, oh, the whole yeah. shh. That's the worst <laughs> that's the worst scene you know? in any movie ever. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it just gives me chills even thinking yeah. about it because yeah. it's so Brutal, but yeah, please, please don't try to make any noise because mm-hmm. you're going to draw them. And, and then him even laying there and just saying, it takes a gentle hand. It's like, he knows. Because he knows, yeah. He yeah. knows yeah. what is required. Yeah. But he knows if they don't do that, that he could lose his leg. And or worse. He was dying anyway. Yeah. Um, I liked Ephraim, his character. Yeah. No, what a good character. What like a polar him. opposite, him and Daniel, because he was caring – when he killed the zombies, the walkers, he would use a knife and he would bless them and pour some alcohol. Uh, didn't he have yeah. a, a nail? Yeah, a nail. Like yeah. A, a, a nail in his, and a mallet. Grab yeah. a nail. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and he called Daniel brother. Give me the big one. This one's head's too big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he called Daniel brother the whole time and really yeah. kind of bonded with him. And he, he, they worked together. And Daniel even told him, he's like, thank you so much for saving my life. Yeah. But... Ephraim was aware, like, hey, you're going to leave because I see that there's something in you. Mm. And it's not just your leg that was rotting. There's something else inside you Mm. that is rotting. And what is it? And Daniel opening up to him and telling him, Daniel has been through some shit, especially recently, when when he had the speech where he said, I'm I'm not sure whether or not I burn my daughter alive. Right. Like, I can't imagine (laughs) thinking that and living with that. Like, I have to know. I have to know if I'm the reason that my daughter is no longer alive and if she suffered this terrible fate because I was crazy and I was trying to protect her, but I wasn't in my right mind. And what I did was so horrible and I burned all these people and they're all dead. And I don't know if she was one of them. I mean, that was one of the most, I remember watching it like, oh my God, that is, (laughs) I've never felt this emotional watching this show. He's a complete monster. That has a daughter and decides that I can't let her know what I am. And so I've got to hit the reset button. We're going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to learn how to cut hair because I'm pretty damn good with a razor. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, sure is. you know, try try to keep that from her. And did a pretty good job until the world fell down. 
and his services were required again. Mm-hmm. And then to go through all this and then think that the monster in him is what destroyed mm-hmm. what he loved most. And it's a beautiful picture of what love can do in any life. Uh, that's what really spoke to me. It's like, this guy's a monster. He's killed. He, he would have killed these 96 people. Or And I'm sure some of it was violent and vicious. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. torturous. He was part of the Black Shadow Sombra Negro. Yeah. 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 So trained by the CIA. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a whole nother discussion. We yeah. can't admit um, that. That's a, that's not I'm canon. Not, I'm not at, I'm not at liberty <laughs> to divulge that information, but no, just thinking that his past caught up with him, you know, and he knew and he knew. And that was the whole point of this episode is there's a lot of things going on. Um uh and I like the what appears to be some a, a divine intervention? Oh, with a dude is, that looks like you, yeah, with the walker. Well, not only that, <laughs> but the dog, the dog barking oh, sure. at the yeah. right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the walker getting hit by lightning, which is probably one of the most spectacular walker kills ever. I would like that they brought uh, back the mystical aspect in yeah. this episode because they had a lot of that in season two, and some of it was a little, meh, but just. To, to know that, that that that's present yeah. and that that was kind of the vibe and the tone that they wanted to set yeah. for the series, it was a nice callback to that for sure. Very mystical, even even religious. You know, his wife was the one that prayed, but now he's finding himself, uh, sort well, praying to to some degree and asking for forgiveness. That was when he said, "Forgive me," yeah. and he kept saying, yeah. "Forgive and me," and he meant it. He meant yeah. it, and he was ready. He's like, "Okay, um, I'm. This is it." Uh, and this is what I deserve, and it really should end here. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't, and then it didn't again. Yeah. And and then there's so many times. I mean, he didn't die in the fire. So it it it's one of those things where it's like the the worst of the worst out of all of you mm-hmm. is being preserved, and then that has to make you question: Why am I being kept kept alive? Why? What what purpose? Am I meant to serve that I haven't fulfilled yet? And it kind of gets me excited to see, okay, what's going to go down? Of course, he'll probably get, you know, murdered in his sleep next week. I doubt but it. <laughs> just to throw us a curveball. But that's what, one of the things I really loved about this episode. It's like, hey, there's something about this guy mm-hmm. um, that that no matter what he's done, there is some sort of thing, there's some sort of usefulness or some sort of purpose that is meant for him that he hasn't fulfilled. And despite all these things that have happened over here, forgiveness is available to him. And I I love at the end, uh, I like. Well, I also like how I'm not letting anyone else talk. I feel like I kind of have, I I, I kind of have to. everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, he just continually asked for forgiveness, expecting that he wouldn't get it and that he was going yeah. to die. Well, he he knew he didn't deserve it. Well, and absolutely. And Ephraim even said to him, "He's like, there's no one alive anymore who can judge you. I'm not. Who am I to forgive you? But who am I also to?" And judge whenever you? he asked if he was a priest, he was really hoping that he would be a priest. Yeah, because he wanted someone with some authority to forgive him. And what a. What a tender moment there between these two men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said, you, you, you've been really kind to me. And then he cut his hair. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you had your hair cut by a professional? And, and, I, and, and it was interesting to see that because I, I can identify that to, with that to some degree because there's been times in my life where it's like, you know, someone's nice to you, and it's like, what, what the hell do they want? Okay, what's their agenda here? But there wasn't. And once he realized that, he's like, I, I, I want to repay this, and and this is how I can do that. And I, I thought that was really uh, a nice, tender moment and, uh, between just two yeah. dudes and, and a guy that you wouldn't expect that from. I think... Efrain's character is the rarest character you see in all of Walking Dead. Both Fran, you know, both series. Mm-hmm. Because there's rarely ever anybody who is who is out to lend a helping hand if there's no return. Well, altruistic. Right. Well, and their motivation behind hmm. how when they met is, you know, I, I I'm gonna go get water. 
we need to go get water and I've got water for you, but we've got to walk there. But he is trying to not live under the thumb of Dante. Because mm-hmm. Dante is controlling the water and controlling it for everybody, but they're like, we're gonna, th- we would rather die than live under the authority of this guy. So we've kind of found a way to do this and subvert his system, which we are then giving to people who need it more so because if they don't have it, they're gonna die of thirst because we have nothing to offer this yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't give us water. And then when Daniel, of course, through a series of divine intervention, I guess you might say, finds himself in a position where he's on the inner circle of Dante. He is now, he started as a janitor. Which was real quick. Yeah, started as a janitor, (laughs) and then the dude puts his finger in his spam, and he's like, what? No, no, no. I'm going to stab you in the leg. And Dante, for some reason, can tell just from his training and his that he's from El Salvador. It's like, oh, shit, this dude is someone that I can use, an officer for Sombra Negra. Well, he knew him. Yeah, well, yeah. He, th- his name preceded him. He, right. Lieutenant Salazar? I, I think, yeah. yeah I think. I they knew who he was. They, they, they heard of him. Right. And until he checked his lip to see the tattoo, yeah. that yeah. confirmed it. it. First of all, you don't touch another man's spam. No, I mean, and, and that's what Daniel said. He's like, I was just eating. This dude comes over here. He's trying to assert his dominance over me. I'm just trying to eat. Leave me alone. I'm not going to stand up when some dude walks in the room. I'm not going to look at somebody that I don't care about when they're talking to me. It's just not who I am. Oh, and oh, let he me. Walk, he walked in. Yeah, right. I didn't where know that he? was the boss. Where is he? Uh, <laughs> I said hi. So then, in the series of events where they he ends up catching Efrain. And that scene where he goes to interrogate him, mm. I think that was as poignant and heartfelt and maybe heart more heartbreaking than anything I've ever seen because oh, that was tough. he gave him the options. He's like, if you talk, they're going to kill you, and then they're going to kill her. Right. But if you don't talk, I'm just going to kill you, and I promise I'll do it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've got to keep up appearances. Yeah. And, and he's like, dude, that's not a choice. Those are not choices. Well, it is. Not, um, <laughs> not choices, bro. Forgive me. Forgive me. And he's like, again? You want yeah. me to forgive you again? Dude, well, that was, that was intense. Yeah. And then when Ball he... out of that. <laughs> when he got the hammer, he was going to kill him. There was, oh, yeah. was going to be no hesitation. Yeah. N- nothing was going to stop. He was going to beat him to death with, with that, that hammer. With that claw end. And, dude, what a crazy moment. Because I was seriously just thinking, like, what other option does he have? Like, what, what, to say... Really, to save her life, sorry, I just got real loud right there. Um, to save her life, he had no other option in that situation, right? And he, his, uh, when he was, I forget the lady's name now, but when he was explaining to her because she was, when she found out that he was somebody and that he basically screwed him, he was trying to explain to her, "Look, don't ask me to save people that are already dead." You know, he knows what's up. That's the thing is he's, this is not new for him. He knows human nature and he knows what's going to happen next. It has nothing to do with walkers, you know, that, that's just, that's just like a, it's just a a periphery thing from his perspective. Uh, You know, he knows people. And yeah. he because and he knows evil and he knows what they're going to do and that that it takes one to know one absolutely and that's the thing that's the thing that I think sets him apart and so far ahead of any of the other characters because he hasn't he hasn't had to we haven't had to walk with him to, as he's learning and growing up in the ways of murder <laughs> and mayhem. Uh, he was born into he was, it. He was, uh, that was built in. Yeah. And so yeah. Y- y- you want to try to think that, oh, well, dude, there's got to be another way. But honestly, there's not. When you're, when you're dealing with thugs and, and people of that ilk, I mean, he's absolutely right. It's like someone's going to die. Yeah. I'm trying to minimize the damage. Right. And, and y'all, y'all would have been caught eventually. I mean, yes. they pretty much found where you were w- without all, my help. You're already dead. It's just, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just trying to do what I can do to to make sure that less skulls get caved in mm-hmm. as possible. That's it. 
And that's actually a very caring thing to do. Whether we want to really look at it that way or not, it it, it is. I mean, he could yeah. do nothing and they all die. And it was his only card to play because that yeah. was that was the thing that arose. Yes. The dude recognized his name and <laughs> saw his lip and so he, right. he acted. He was like, All right, I'm gonna play this card. Yeah. He went he ad libbed from then on. And I think he had a little bit of a plan, but I don't think he knew what was gonna happen on the bridge and on the walkway later because I don't think he'd been out there yet. So he was he was going to say, oh, if there's if an opportunity arises for me to save these people's lives, I'll go ahead and do it. But if it doesn't, I'm going to try and minimize the casualties. And then he just happened to be presented with an opportunity for his skills to show mm. and to show everybody, like, yes, you were right to think that I would be ruthless, but you were wrong to bring me in and trust me because you don't know <laughs> me. Why would you just, because I have a reputation, you should look at my reputation and be like, you know what? Yeah. This may not be the guy. Yep. That we want yep. on our team. Yeah, so it's hi Dante, uh bye Dante. Right. Right. So and by, yeah. The dam was a really cool way to kill people. Didn't by the even way. hesitate. Land on the corpses and then That's you right. get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he didn't hesitate. Like Dante was trying to talk to him. He's like, You will always be a doc kapow. Yeah. And you were now it's dead. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Th- thanks for playing. We're so glad that you decided to be here today. Uh, here are your parting gifts. Dante was 100. So, yes. He kept it 100. He did keep it 100. So what do you think? Uh, what did you think? Did you think that Daniel was going to do what he did? Or did oh, he? yeah. Which and part? I knew the first guy had to die. <laughs> Just because. Oh, the janitor? Yeah. Poor he guy. Was, yeah. He was a no-namer. Red shirt. The faceless one. <laughs> He's the messenger, yeah. and the messenger has to carry a I'll message. I'll hand you this one, but not the woman. <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly was questioning whether or not he would do what he did. Um, I thought there might be a chance, but well, when he went over to get her, I was like, oh, oh, I, I, guess, I guess this is the end for her. It was nice that... You know, she tried, but he's got to protect himself, and he's got to survive to try and find his daughter. I, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I saw I, at that point on the walkway, I knew what he was going to okay. do. Okay, I wasn't sure because it's like, okay, the whole water situation. Does he continue to uh, get in deeper, and are these people just going to be casualties? But then he did what. He hasn't done before and probably has never done before, which is became a hero. He he saved lives instead of I mean, he took lives to save lives, but he had an opportunity to let them perish. Yeah. But he didn't. And I don't I don't really get the idea that that's something that he's used to doing. And by and and it wasn't because the way the episode ended was him just basically kneeling down, giving her the gun, and he was. I think again he was ready for what was coming next. Yeah. Basically, I felt like he was telling her without saying the words that uh, you have my permission to kill me. kill me because of what I've put you through. Well, and everything that I've done in my past, like there's there's no coming back for someone like me. Yeah. There's no redemption. There's no repentance. There's no making amends. So I did what I could to try and pay back some people who've shown me some kindness, but I don't expect anything else from you yeah. people. I, I'm excited to see where this Daniel arc continues to go. I, again, I, I feel like he's the most compelling character. He is. In the show. And I, I like the that they mix Strand in with his story mm-hmm. because I think that'll add a nice <laughs> wrinkle because Strand, yeah. even trying to talk to him, he's like, dude, I hate you. You, you lying sack of shit. You, you would say anything to save <laughs> yeah. your life. Um, why would she be waiting for me? She doesn't even know that I'm alive. Yeah, she thinks I'm dead. Ah, you're terrible. Yeah, I mean, Strand messed up. All, yeah. all in that conversation. Desperate. I mean, he contradicted himself. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we all made it out, and we thought you were dead, and then right, like in the next breath, yeah, she's waiting for you. Well, if you all thought I was dead, yeah. why would she be waiting? Something's not. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. I, I it's, uh, it's dehydration. dehydration yeah, it's, uh, heat stroke. Heat stroke uh, is taking me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think they're going to probably make up to some degree or at least come to some sort of understanding so that they can leverage the resources that they now have there. They have a the lot name. of water. Oh, a lot. Right. But they, they sure do. So it's and, and they should have heeded Strand's warning of, of not dealing your product 
where your product I mean, is. No shit where you eat, right? Yeah. Oh, that's because, rule number one. Yeah. I mean, he was able to chop the head off the snake. And, and who's right. the head of the snake now? It might be Daniel. Oh. It I should mean, be interesting. The water man. Oh, I think he should give it to Ephraim. <laughs> yeah, but they would just give it all away. Right. Here's all the water. Which is fine, yeah. because people need water. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not what Damn. I'm saying. So they have a lot of water. And it's run on uh, gas generators. So it's fine. So that all that said, not having seen the first three episodes, I actually thought that was a gr- that to me was a great opener. Yeah, I think and, that was the best and, episode and, of the season. And could have been the premiere episode. Sure. Maybe to, maybe not have worked as well. I mean, I think seeing Daniel come back and everyone be like, yeah. It, they may right out the gate. Yeah, they maybe would have been disappointed because they don't know what's happening with Travis and Madison. But I think I don't think anybody would have been too upset just to see yeah. Daniel come back and where he is, and then go to the other people. And I realize like, this stuff with Strand wouldn't have made any sense. But. Well, we didn't need him. He was barely in the. Episode. I feel like the show has moved forward without skipping a beat without Travis. Hmm. Honestly, I really okay. do. And that's not just maybe that's the I, point. I feel no emotion towards Travis, but that's where Lies. I feel like I feel like that's where what the show is doing. I feel like the show's not being retrospective of of him as a character, or like he didn't get a real good body. making a big deal of it. Madison cried a little bit for yeah, like yeah. ten minutes, and it was only on screen for like a minute, and that was it. Mm. And then like, okay, Travis is, and then she called out Nick in episode three, being like, "Yeah, it's your fault that he died. We went there looking for you, and now he's dead." Which, that was just her lashing out, but it was kind of dumb. But I agree with you. Travis is like, okay, we killed the main character. Let's go ahead and, and maybe move Maybe that's on. something they're trying to do because to, like, to again differ them, you know, to to have, to stand out in a way that isn't so reminiscent of The Walking Dead. Because Why? Because you always Walking know when someone's going to die? Well, whenever a main character <laughs> dies, it goes on for episodes. Sure. And, and we feel that ripple effect. But... That's also because we're more invested into those characters, and it's been a longer time. But and but in this one, they don't have time about to wait. as about as a main character as you can get. I mean, uh, they don't have time to wait and reflect and reminisce. Never mind. We are there. He's essentially Lori. Well, that's it just fine. clicked. <laughs> Travis and Lori are the same. Less annoying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was never given the opportunity to drive cars to wreck said cars. Happy. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Shane and Rick. <laughs> For the first time we got him in a helicopter, his ass has fallen out. <laughs> he got shot in the neck. Come on. <laughs> and he was bit. Well, the neck is what I think made him fall out of the helicopter. I don't think it was the right. bite. Huh. Mm. He gave up. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So next week, oh my gosh, the preacher's back. Uh, Straw poll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I thought it was going to be this week. I did too. It is next Sunday and Monday. So it's yep. a two-night event. A double? It's a two-night event. I'll have a double. And honestly, based on the previews that I've seen... Dude, it looks awesome. It is not to be missed. I'm stoked. Right. I'm beyond stoked. Have you have you watched any of uh, season one? Yeah. Yeah? Have the you watched all I've, of season I've one? almost finished it. Oh, yeah? Well, you got what do you think so far? Oh, I like it. Okay. It's just that's weird a, enough for me to like. I was going to say that's a glowing endorsement you're giving there. It's 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 pretty, <laughs> it's pretty okay. Uh, it's like the Ron Swanson <laughs> of endorsements. Right. It's like it's like when I asked my daughter how she's I did feeling. Not hate it. Uh, how you feeling, sweetie? Uh, a little bit good. What does a that little mean? Bit good. What does that mean? I've enjoyed not a lot of it. Good. <laughs> I've enjoyed part of our time together. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm excited for season two. Well, it is. It, okay, so I'm stoked. I, I think th- it looks awesome. I think it's the weirdest thing on TV. Oh yeah, on on basic cable. Yeah. No, no, d- not not the the raunchiest oh, or the just on the TV. weirdest. The, the oh, weirdest. The over the top. I mean, it's the weirdest. I don't. I could see that. I think Westworld is pretty weird. Yeah, but that could really happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Wait, yeah. so Wait, are you saying an angel and a demon aren't going to have a child that then inhabits a human being and gives him the weird, power that's like, to kill God? You saying that's not going to happen? It is weird. Like, uh, it could theoretically. <laughs> Shit. What is? Damn, I don't I'm know. To what think. are we doing? There, I've been are seeing a bunch to... of trailers while I've been watching The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and there's was it Bloodsport or Blood Race? I don't Blood know. Drive. Blood Drive. It's sci-fi. weird, like that's weird. Uh, yeah, but, but that's 
I feel like that's a different. I think that's probably something that's weird just for the sake of being weird. Right. I don't think preachers. I was just gauging weirdest things on TV. Sure. Uh, maybe. Sure. Okay. I don't know. But we were just saying that Fear the Walking Dead. Statement stands. Fear the Walking Dead and Preacher are going to be next week. So how get are we gonna, ready. How are we going to do all just that? Just get ready for so much of us in your eardrums. It's oh, going to be amazing. God, or dude, or if it's anything like last week, none of us. <laughs> well, I did what I could. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I tried. Your eardrums are going to be throbbing. Yeah. Listen, quivering. You'll quivering. hear us saying something about something. At some point. And we're not sure what that thing some, is yet. Someone will say something about something. It's true. Yeah. Or whatever. Are we? Did we hit our hour yet? Are we oh, gonna, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, then we've got one fan that's happy. So... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> she's the only one. Yeah, we're I'm gonna. Glad, I'm gonna put I'm a timestamp here with us for your uh, drive home, and I hope you enjoyed your drive to work. Yeah. I'm gonna put a timestamp for when episode four starts, just so people know. Oh, fantastic! Oh, stamp it, mm. stamp it, Lock snap it, it roll it. Oh. Well, we do appreciate you listening, and uh, we're gonna be try to be a little more consistent going forward. We do want to hear your feedback. What have you thought of the uh, Fear the Walking Dead season so far? And uh, yeah, you can do that by hitting us up on Twitter at Fear Enthcast or send us an email fear at enthcast dot com. And uh, whatever else you want to send our way, you know, you want to send maybe us, some you know, rest in peace letters for the Nth Castle. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll just... Well, that may be coming up soon. We'll the moat is dry. Uh, yeah, so the Nth Castle may be moving. That's fine. But, yeah, that's fine. Um, 2.0. We don't, we don't really... We haven't been using it very often lately yeah. anyway. Pillaging, yeah. are you? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the murder palace is gone, too. So it's it, fine. Oh, yeah. that's been gone. I know, but I miss it sometime. Where am I? <laughs> well, in the meantime... Oh, that was fun. Was it? Yeah. Are blessed. you ready? Are you going to fuck it up this time? I just yeah. want to get this out. What? I just want to make sure when do we I do, I want to make sure we do this right. <laughs> I think our listeners will agree. I'm the glue. Oh god. <laughs> you the best thing that's ever happened to our show. I agree with them. Fight the dead. <laughs> Fear the end cast. <laughs>